Hey everybody, thanks for stopping by. I'm your host, Michael Shahan, and the next episode of Shahanisms is about to begin. Hey everybody, thanks for stopping by Shahanisms podcast. Today we're going to talk about social media and turkey. Some would say that's one and the same. Some would be right some of the time. I got a note from Marietta, and she writes, you seem to be pretty negative about social media. You say Facebook court of popular opinion a lot. Yes, I do. Why do you hate social media so much? I think it's useful. Well, Marietta, first of all, thanks for writing. And and I do hate social media. I despise social media, even though I use it. At least Twitter and Instagram I use. That's a pretty hypocritical way to start off the show, but it's how I feel. It's the reality of the social media situation. Mine. But I agree with you, it can be a useful tool. Still, the problem is social media is full of tools that spread hate and discontent. False information. They incite others because they have kind of deputize themselves to police the social injustices perpetrated by others for their own political views, their own politics, their own views. And I I happen to think Facebook is the biggest contributor of misinformation and hate than any other platform. That's one reason why I don't use Facebook anymore. The other reason, a more personal reason, is they do a pretty poor job of protecting the private information of their users And you have to put more personal information out there on Facebook in order to sign up with them. More than like Twitter or Instagram or YouTube. So they were caught harvesting personal data and selling it. And they agreed to stop. But they have not because they don't believe it does any harm. And that's by their own admission. Those are the words of the leadership of Facebook. Not the words of me or some reporter. So, just like I chose to vote with my dollars, I chose to vote with my delete button, and I deleted my account a while ago. And lo and behold, I survived it. I'm still alive. Yeah, I I miss the hundreds of happy birthday wishes I got on my birthday after everyone on my friend list was reminded that morning it was my birthday. I miss having to thank everyone at the end of the day, people that I only hear from When Facebook reminds them that it's my birthday, their little reminder pops up and says, Hey, it's Mike Shahan's birthday. And they all pile on and wish me a happy birthday. Most of all, I really miss the negativity and political furor churned up by former classmates who I haven't seen or heard from in 40 years, acting like their world is crashing in because some political situation doesn't suit them today. Now, what I end up with is I only hear from people who actually remember my birthday and people that I actually chat with more than once a year anyway, and all the noise, well, the noise is quieter since I deleted my account. It's a win-win for me. An interesting side note, (laughs) it's proof that my theory is correct, that it works, not that I need to do that but I will because it's kind of funny. I have a relative I didn't hear from on my birthday for two years in a row. After I deleted my account, I didn't hear from him for two years in a row on my birthday. 
Suddenly, this relative, she sent me a text. It was a couple months after my birthday on the second year that she missed it and said, I think I forgot your birthday. So I wrote her back and I said, which year are we talking about? I know it's kind of snarky and a bit harsh, but I wanted to make a point and I did and I enjoyed it. But as I said, I still use social media, but I use it the right way. Twitter can sometimes get a little gnarly, but Instagram, I think, is a little bit more subdued, at least the feeds that I access, the areas of Instagram and Twitter that I hang around. I just use Twitter and Instagram to promote my podcast, and, well, I look at cat videos, and I get some racing news and other types of news that I can verify. But like I said, I use it the right way. Instagram has some awesome cat videos and some pretty humorous memes. I, like I said, I get some of my news from Twitter, from reliable sources that I can vet and verify. And it's not some keyboard warrior who heard from their neighbor's cousin's uncle's brother the real scoop of some incident that took place in a city they've never been to or a court trial they've never attended. I'm talking about real information. Today, I guess a large percentage of the population is connected to social media. I don't know what that, what that number is. I've heard numbers of, you know, the social media reaching like 80% of the internet's population, which if you do the math on that, rough math, I'm not that good at math, but like, it's like one minute out of every five minutes people spend online. But about 64% of the people that use social media in, in polls that I've read said it has a negative impact on the way things are going in the U.S. today. That's what they say. They, they feel it has a negative impact. And all those people can't be wrong unless they're all the ones who have already been banned from social media or they don't believe in math or science. Actually, I guess all those three groups of people are the same sort of but I'll agree, it's a great way to build relationships. It's a great way to get information out and promote businesses and other types of events, which is why I use it for my podcast. But it also destroys relationships sometimes. And it's used to promote events that are not exactly in accordance with the law and social norms. It's used to promote hate groups, terrorist activity, civil unrest, cyberbullying, which is a huge problem. And, and, you know, it's very easy to bully someone when you can hide behind a keyboard and pretty much say whatever you want without repercussions other than maybe you get some negative comments back or you get deleted or blocked by other people. A lot of people that cyberbully online are just people that have never been punched in the mouth and they keep doing it. So sometimes it, it becomes political and very divisive that, and that makes it really tough. It's sometimes knowingly used as a tool to create misinformation, hate, and discontent in order to further somebody's personal agenda or some group's agenda. They set out to create misinformation and spread hate. That is a problem. And you can easily stir up controversy on social issues when the information you post is not true. That's why I like Twitter. The people on Twitter who act crazy 
are limited to about 140 characters of craziness. I think that's what the limit is. So it's like a muzzle, 140 characters of craziness, and then they got to stop. And if you don't think the problem's real, the spread of information on Facebook is so far out of control, they can't even control it. Either that or Facebook doesn't want to control it. I don't know which it is. That's a whole other debate, which we're not going to have here. So, in all fairness, we should talk about the positive impacts that social media has. And there are some. Criminals have been apprehended. Missing children have been found. And think of the military families, especially around the holidays now. They can keep in touch with their loved ones overseas on almost a daily basis. As many times as they want, pretty much. Everybody is now able to communicate in seconds with anyone around the world, and they're not limited to waiting for a phone or waiting for a letter to arrive. And that's good, unless you're using it for nefarious means, and then it's not. And that happens too. A good example of how social media works well is a recent case of uh, Gabby Petito. She went missing, and she was eventually found murdered in a national forest in Wyoming. Now, YouTube and TikTok video was uploaded by tourists that traveled through that area, and that eventually helped the FBI not only focus their search efforts, but it led them to her body being found. I think it was within a hundred, or I'm sorry, within a thousand yards, I think, of where the van she was last seen in was videotaped along a remote stretch of road. Without the help of regular people, documenting their adventure, simple as that, the day-to-day trip through the national park, they might still be searching for her body. So there it did some good, did a lot of good. A positive example of how social media works in a positive way is a good thing. But unfortunately, mostly we hear about the negative stuff. And there are plenty of negative examples to go around. Just like law enforcement, they can use social media to solve cases and locate missing people, criminals can also use social media to commit their crimes. Not all criminals are dumb. Some of the smart ones scour social media, and they look for people posting too much information, or just information that shows their locations or their habits, stuff they shouldn't be posting anyway, probably. So here's how it happens. Somebody leaves their location services on. They upload a photo of their two kids playing with the family dog in the front yard, and their house number is visible, and their family car is visible in the driveway, and pretty soon, someone who is using social media for the wrong reasons, they can figure out approximately where you live, what your house looks like, what the house number is, how many kids you have. They can find out that you have a dog, what kind of car you drive, and and all that from one photo. Then people help criminals out even more by posting photos of the family gathered around an extra-large pizza they ordered at the pizza place downtown, and that provides evidence the family isn't home at the time. Or that maybe they go to this certain restaurant every Friday night at about the same time. Criminals can get all this information from just a few photos posted online, all because the location services are on. Certain things are visible in the photos, like house numbers, description of cars, and photos of the favorite foods they enjoy every Friday night when they go out. So turn your location services off. Don't post a photo of every meal you eat. We don't need to see your food anyway. 
everybody has seen the double-double from In-N-Out Burger. I don't like looking at those things because it, it doesn't make sense. And it makes me hungry. I love In-N-Out Burgers. And when I see one, I want one. I actually had one for lunch today. I went over and got my beard trimmed. And on the way home, I stopped at In-N-Out Burger. I enjoyed it. I loved it. I never felt like taking a photo of it and posting it on Instagram, though. Uh, no, I didn't have In-N-Out today. I just realized my doctor listens to my podcast. And I have assured her many times I don't eat cheeseburgers. Hopefully, she'll forget it before my next physical. See, that's what happens when you lie. You end up having to tell another lie to cover it up. And then you have to tell another lie to cover up the second lie. And before long, your doctor's playing audio evidence of the lie at your next visit. Sorry. Back to social media. So, social media, you don't have to like it. You can love to hate it and still use it. You can use it safely. You can use it correctly. It's okay to say you don't like something, but you don't have to spread untruths around in an attempt to fortify your opinion. If you don't like a certain thing, you can just post it. I don't like this. I don't like that. You don't have to embellish it. You don't have to make a big deal about it. That's why I'm never going to really embrace it. That's a tall order. To just give someone an opinion without spreading lies and hate. And unfortunately, social media is the best vehicle to do that. And it probably always will be. All right, we're going to take a short break. We're going to pay some bills. And then when we come back, we're going to talk turkey. What if it was possible to get fresh local groceries delivered right to your front door? You can finish cleaning your fish tank and not leave the house. Because unlike all those other grocery delivery services, Instacart gives you unlimited monthly grocery deliveries for one low monthly fee. Thanksgiving's just around the corner, and you forgot that key ingredient to your grandmother's special casserole. Instacart can deliver to your front door, sometimes in less than an hour. You can shop multiple stores. You can do that in a single order. You can see deals in your area to help you save money. And Instacart even highlights the deals in your area to help you save money. Every item is hand-selected by shoppers based on your preferences. They pick the freshest produce, and they're going to keep your eggs safe too, which is important. So as a special offer to our listeners, your first delivery is free on orders over $35. Just follow the link in the show notes to let Instacart know that we sent you, and it'll help support the show. Instacart. Never set foot in a grocery store again. All right, thanks for sticking around. So let's talk turkey. Now, no secret recipes or family kitchen secrets. I'm going to give you some crucial tips on how to survive Thanksgiving, Turkey Day, or just about any other holiday for that matter. So let's jump right in. Number one, Thanksgiving, or any holiday for that matter, is not the best time to try out a new recipe you found online. What could possibly go wrong? Well, think about it. You're already a little stressed out, and now you think it's a good idea to try out a new recipe for the first time for people who maybe traditionally really like the way mom fixed the green beans 
No, no, no. Don't do it as tempting as it sounds. You can save the new recipe for another night, then try it out, or maybe give it a try, but make sure the tried and true recipe is on the table next to it. Call it an experiment. Call it a taste test, whatever you want. Don't replace a brand new recipe you just found with a tried and true recipe that everybody already knows they love. Of course, you can cook whatever you want. It's your deal. But remember, Thanksgiving Day is Turkey Day. It's not Honey Baked Ham Day. It's not Pizza Day. It's not Lasagna Day. It's Turkey Day. And if the expectation is there to have turkey and all the turkey-related dishes, the tribe's going to get unruly. Trust me. Thanksgiving is not a time to experiment. Rule number two, plan your cooking. Sounds simple enough, but think back in time. How many times have you told guests dinner's at five and at nine o'clock they're all staring at you like they just found out you embezzled their life savings? Or better yet, how many times has that happened to you where you've gone somewhere for dinner, gone over to somebody's house? Oh, we're going to eat at three. At five o'clock, you're ready to lick the pretzel bowl. You're so hungry. It's happened to all of us on both ends of that. But how can it happen? It's because you don't calculate cooking times. You got to do the simple math. And do the math early. It's easy. Four stovetop burners. One oven. Eight things that need 45 minutes apiece on the stove. And four things that need to go in the oven already filled with a large turkey that still needs three hours to cook. The math doesn't work out. Don't fall short on the planning, the math, or the timing. It'll come back to bite you. And if you got multiple ovens or stoves, go ahead and wipe the grin off your face right now, because this episode ain't for you anyway. Rule number three, do not go to the store on Thanksgiving. I'm going to repeat that. Do not go to the store on Thanksgiving. Now, that's not a suggestion. It's a rule and one that everybody should follow in order to prevent high blood pressure and quite possibly aggravated assault charges being lodged against you when you go nuts. Now, this rule is kind of late because Thanksgiving's tomorrow, and by now, you should have everything you need for tomorrow. So file this tip away for Christmas. Same rules apply. People rush to the store Every year, the night before Thanksgiving or early in the morning, they frantically look for that one thing they forgot, but it's not there. It's sold out. Everything is sold out. Imagine that. Green beans, canned corn, French fried onions, celery, bread, pies, you name it, it's gone by now. And if there is one or two pies left, stand back and watch. Because it's going to be like all-star wrestling, watching four people go for two pies. The entertainment value, it'll be huge. Just stay out of the fray. Oh, and don't tell the grocery store employees, because they can't make the food magically appear. People, holidays come every year, usually on the same date, usually in the same month, usually the same food theme. There's no excuse for not being ready by having everything you need early. It's your poor planning. It's your poor planning 
that got you into this mess. So just walk away and make the best of it. Heck, I just ran a commercial for Instacart. Call them. Use them. You're still probably not going to get the celery that you needed, but at least somebody else will go have to run the gauntlet and fight the battle at the store for you so you won't have to deal with it. All you'll have to do is just suck it up and deal with the bad news when they tell you they can't get it. Rule number four. This sounds like a weird one. Use sticky notes. I'm a big fan of sticky notes. I love sticky notes. Especially as I get older, I love sticky notes even more. It's not that my memory is failing. I just like sticky notes. Leave it at that. It's okay to write down the time the turkey's supposed to come out of the oven or when the pie's going to be done. Put it on a sticky note. Stick it to the fridge. It'll help remind you after you've had a few glasses of wine or maybe you get wrapped up in a conversation over on the sofa and forget when the pie's coming out of the oven. You can just glance at the sticky note, and if someone keeps asking you, when's the turkey going to be done, just scowl at them and point at the fridge. They'll eventually get the message. I learned that in interpersonal communications. You really want to freak somebody out. Get angry with them and smile at the same time. They don't know how to handle that. They don't know how to communicate. It, like, paralyzes them. Try that on Thanksgiving if you want. I'm not saying you should. I'm just saying... If you want to mix it up a little bit, try the scowling smile. We'll call it the scowling smile. So when things get hectic, you're going to be glad you made up some sticky notes. Maybe stick one on the fridge that says, don't tell me to calm down. You're the one who pissed me off to begin with. Maybe put that one out there for everybody to see just for good measure. Kind of keep balance. Nothing else. It's for full disclosure. When you unload on them, just point at the note. They've been warned. Rule number five. You don't have to cook and clean. Think about it. You spent all week shopping, cleaning the house, preparing whatever food you could before the big day. You wake up early, I mean at the butt crack of dawn on Thanksgiving, and you start to cook. When the meal's done, what do you do? Because you're wired that way, you jump up and you start picking up dirty plates. No, no, no. You've done it all already. Pour yourself a glass of wine, sit on the sofa, put your feet up, and if you really need to hold court from the living room on how to properly load the dishwasher, go ahead and do it, but stay out of the kitchen. Stay out of the kitchen for the cleaning part. Just don't do it. You've earned the right to sit down and relax. The last one, rule number six, it's an important one. The relative. I know. You had to invite him. You had no choice. You did your part to prevent World War III, but it feels like World War III is coming anyway. And that's because Uncle So-and-so just can't help themselves. They hate the world. They hate life. They hate their life. But they have all the answers on how to fix it and how you can do your part to do what they want others to do. Sounds like fun, doesn't it? But it's not. There's only one solution. Well, there's two, but only one is legal. It's called drink and avoid. No, it's not a board game. You drink, and you always stay on the move, either getting a drink or looking like you're getting a drink, and avoid any conversation with them. Will it be a challenge? Of course. But you're going to hone your evasion skills. You're going to enjoy some new wine, probably. And you're definitely going to get some extra steps in on your Fitbit. 
Win-win. Accept the challenge. Invite that relative you don't really want there and show them what you got. So there you have it. My six survival rules for Thanksgiving or any holiday. The important thing is to do what you want to do with whoever you happen to be with at the time. And if you're alone, it's okay. Sometimes it happens, but make the best of it. Unless you can't stand your own company, Thanksgiving is going to be just fine however you do it. But remember, just because you're older and wiser, and you know full well that pleasing everybody is impossible, never forget that pissing everyone off is a piece of cake. Be careful. May the force be with you. Y'all have a happy Thanksgiving and a good rest of the week. And thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Well, that's it for today's episode, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Shahan, and you've been listening to Shahanisms. If you liked today's episode, pass it along to a friend. If you didn't, just send it to somebody you hate. Either way, thanks for listening. Y'all have a good rest of the week. I'll see you next time.